amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Major Decisions. My name is Ashlyn Wyman, and I have a new special guest for us today. So go ahead and introduce yourself, and what major are we going to be talking about today? Hey everyone, my name is Kate Appleman and we will be talking about biology, biomedical sciences. Ooh. So this is for all of you science people, not me. So I'm gonna be learning a lot today. All right, Kate, so kind of describe what biomed is, what you can do with it, you know, what are the different options in this major? So biomed is a major in the STEM field. So we're in the College of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. So we do everything from biology to chemistry to physics to other general eds, just like everyone else. But most of the time, people who do do biomed, they're either going for pre-medicine, uh, pre-dental, pre-PA, PT. It just depends. But a lot of it is going, hopefully, towards graduate programs or research. And what are you in particular doing? I am hopefully going to go pre-med. So, well, I am pre-med, but I'm hopefully going to go to <laughs> medical school. Ooh, girlfriend, I could not do it. I am not, ugh, when it comes to blood or numbers, not my forte. But happy for you because we totally need these people. What is, you know, kind of the environment of the biomed or the biology or the STEM, you know, field? What is the environment around SEMO? So STEM has always had, like, the stigma behind it where people are super competitive and all they do is compete against each other. But I feel here at SEMO, we do have competition, but we also are trying to be more collaborative and help each other. Cause that's what being in pre-med is. You have to be in a collaborative team like work method. And if you aren't like that, then how are you gonna be a doctor one day and lead your own team? And what is it like with the professors? Where have they you know, been? What kind of experience are they lending to you? So professors can be really helpful. So they're professors that let you do research. For example, I've done research for two teachers so far, and I've done heart research and I've done uh, nanoparticle research. So those are some of the really cool things that you are able to do. You can go talk to them and get some opportunities. You can also work in the labs. So there's TA positions for different labs, but you just have to ask. If you don't reach out, then you won't be able to do anything. Right. So if you want to kind of like maybe dumb it down, what in a nutshell is, you know, kind of the difference between like the biology and the chemistry and like the why biomed, you know, like what is the emphasis in that? What does that mean? So to me, biomed means, so most people who do go like pre-med, they usually go for the biology field instead of chemistry. Chemistry can be a little daunting. We do do most of the chemistry classes. We just don't do Calc 2. We don't do PCHEM. We don't do analytical chemistry. We go up to biochem usually. But biology is more of like the organisms of life while chemistry is the reactions behind it. Okay. So they all intertwine and they all help each other to figure out what exactly we are going to be doing with helping the bodies of humans one day. But 
It just depends on which side of it you want to take. There are so many different ways you can get to medical school. There's people who are English majors that go to medicine. Mm-hmm. It just depends. It's yeah. all how you want to do your own track. So I think a lot of people might come into college and be like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, so I'm going to do this. What is the actual process that you will be going through, you know, medical school, applying for medical school, residency? What is the actual process that outlines the next however many years of your life? Yeah, so I honestly did not know much about this until recently. I was super naive. I only listened to my parents. Both my parents are doctors, but only from their experiences, what I've known, I haven't really known anyone else who's been applying until this past year. But you go to four years of undergraduate, and then after that, around your third year, so your junior year, is when you usually start studying for your MCAT, which is the medical school admissions test. It is one of the most important tests of your life. Mm -hmm. This is one of the tests that helps you determine, like, if you get into medical school, where you get into medical school, and even more. But after you take that, your third year, you apply in the summer. So it's around, like, June, July is when you start to actually fill out your applications, and you get that submitted hopefully by August. And from August to April is when they can give you a decision. You can get it early. You can get it late. People can get in throughout the extra months in between the summer because of wait lists, but it's super dependent. But after that, you go to four years of medical school. And medical school, the first two years are more in the classroom base and labs, while the second two years are more your clinical rounds where you actually get to go into the hospital and go see every different specialty. And that's where you kind of get to the feeling of what you actually want to do with your life. That's when you actually kind of see, oh, I do want to do this specialty because I've done this. And after that, you get matched into a program, and hopefully you get what you want. And then you go into residency for a few years. Residency ranges from three to seven years. So depending on the specialty, it depends on how long you go. And then after that, there's fellowship, depending on if you want to even specialize further. It's super dependent on every specialty you go into, but... It's honestly, it might take a long time, but in the end, it is worth it. So let me get this right. You don't know what you're going to do by the time you get into medical school, right? Uh, Not usually, no. You might have an idea, but a lot of people change their minds, and a majority of the time, people, they apply, they get in, and then they go through the rounds, and they're like, wow, I didn't know I actually liked cardiology. Wow, I didn't know I actually wanted to do derm. But it's super hard to match into certain programs. Like, dermatology is one of the hardest matching because it's one of the most like sought out field mm-hmm. because of how the lifestyle is. But some people really want to do it. And if they have like the research behind it, they do volunteering with it. It's something that will help them get to it, but it just depends. So you're talking about this match. What is this match process? What does that look like? So match day, I don't know much about it yet, but <laughs> I do know that matches when every single person who's in their third and fourth year of medical school They apply for this program, so it's in their fourth years when they get matched. And you write basically like resumes. It's kind of like getting into medical school again. You write what exactly you've done, your extracurriculars. You write what you've done for research, what you've done with what field you really like. And then you also take like another test that helps to determine whether you match into a program or not. And um, the majority of the time, uh, people do match. It's just depending on what you do match in, it's, it's honestly up in the air like mm-hmm. some people might get what they want some people might not just it matches you to a program a residency program in the u.s but not everyone gets matched so it's okay to go in and not exactly know yeah right? exactly it's okay to not know what you want to do yet it takes time to figure it out and you have four years to figure it out what 
what made you want to become a doctor? I know that's a, that's a broad question, but what was that process like? When did it click for you? So I have fought being a doctor my entire life. I was basically raised in an office. I was raised in my parents' practice, and I saw it. I saw all the patients, and I loved it. But I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm not going to let everybody think that I'm just like them. I want to be different. I want to be my own person. So I tried so hard not to do that. I was like, I'm going to be an FBI agent, but... <laughs> I realized in high school I had a bone tumor and that was when I realized that I do want to be a doctor. I had that surgery and I went through that big process of trying to like rehabilitate myself and that's when I realized that being a doctor is more than just being the like image of your parents. It's being someone that can actually be there for someone else later in life and I want to be a person who they were for me when I went through that. And so that's what helped me kind of like finally decide to go to medicine. Yeah. What kind of personality do you feel like you need as doctors? I feel like it's kind of as stereotypical, like, you know, brainiac. But what is, you know, you have to have bedside manner. What is kind of personality or what do you need to do in order to be, you know, a, a, a great doctor? Exactly. Uh, in my opinion, being a doctor is someone who's able to work with a team. Some people aren't able to work with each other, and you also need to know how to communicate. Communication is key when it comes to medicine. You need to be able to talk to the nurses. You need to be able to talk to the techs. You need to be talking to the patient and their family. You need to be able to communicate what is actually on your mind and what the actual process is for treatment. And if you can't do that, then it's kind of hard to be a doctor because communication is super vital in life and that is one thing we need and you need to have compassion for other people because you are trying to be there for someone else and if you don't have that and you only want to be in it for money it's not worth it mm -hmm. because there's so much that goes behind it that some people try to deter you away it's the paperwork it's the politics but mm -hmm. what you need to realize is you want to do it for the out of the good of your heart and that you actually want to do it to be there for people that's what people need to realize. It's not just about getting the money and having a great lifestyle. Not every doctor does have a great lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets paid differently. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like, you know, you're at probably some of the lowest points in people's lives when they're figuring out what's wrong with them. And so it's so important, like you said, to be able to communicate effectively and to communicate, you know, you know with compassion and understanding that, like, this is – you know, something hard for people. I know my father had a quadruple bypass a few years ago, which is crazy. And I was 19 at the time, and I was the only person in the hospital at the moment. So they told me as a 19-year-old that, you know, my, my dad was going to have to have open-heart surgery again. And I just remember, like, it was scary. I mean, I didn't have any support with me at that time. But the doctor, he just communicated so, so well. And walked me through it even at like obviously at 19 I didn't understand what he was saying but he would you know walk me through each step what it was looking like what he had to do you know um to to make my dad be able to survive and I was just so thankful for that and it just really made an impact on my life because if you don't have those people who care about what they're doing and who have the heart behind it it's so much harder I feel like probably to get inspired by your work and get inspired by the people that you're surrounded with because you're problem solving every single day. It's not ever going to be the same thing every single day. So 
Yes, big hearts and big communication. Love that. Love that. And it's really big on critical thinking, too. Like you are just saying, the problem solving. Doctors are some of the best teachers, actually. It's one of the things that they do look for. Mm -hmm. So extracurriculars, for example, like student teaching and being a tutor, those are things that they do look because it tells you that you're able to distill information for people at a level that is easier to understand. Yeah. And that's what you need to do as a doctor. You can't just give all the big words. People aren't going to understand. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the doctors help you kind of understand exactly what was going on, even if there were some things you didn't fully get. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. So we talked about this whole match thing. Is there a field that you kind of want to be in, do you think, as of now? Do you have an idea? Yeah, currently I really do like orthopedics and sports medicine. I have been shadowing that, and I've been watching some of the doctors here in Cape Girardeau, and I've honestly fallen in love with the field. But like I said, I might change my mind. But Mm -hmm. as of right now, that is what I really do enjoy. So what is the difference between like people who want to go into physical therapy or sports medicine? Can you get the same biomed degree and then go in different areas? What does that look like? Yeah, you can 100% get the same degree. Um, Our degrees are all basically the same thing. Some people have a little bit of extra classes than others. For example, I think if you do go the pre-PT route, you need to take anatomy. I don't understand why, but pre-med <laughs> doesn't need to take anatomy here at CMO. I think it might be because we take extensive anatomy in medical school. But, yeah, it's really weird. It's not in the curriculum for us, but it is for P, uh, pre-PT for biomed. But um, sports medicine, orthopedics, there are more the people who go for the surgery, the people who diagnose what exactly is going on, while PT are the people who help rehabilitate the person who did get injured. They're the people that help to bring them back onto their feet after they've had surgery, after they've gone through all the tests and processes. They're the people who help to make the people able to feel like they can walk regularly again, people who can help you feel like you're gaining muscle in your leg again. It just Mm -hmm. depends on what exactly happened, but they're the people who help fix in a way of rehabilitation while the doctors are the people who help diagnose and treat. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, totally different, but working very well together. As you said, there's a team aspect. So not even just like team in the hospital, but team going on, you know, whenever we're working on getting these people back to more normal, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what kind of do you see a lot of women do you see more men what kind of is that ratio do you think so in the past uh stem was predominantly filled with men and that's predominantly what medical school was and many graduate programs was just men but in recent years they've been trying to even it out as much as possible so like i know for example um zoo i'm pretty sure it's 47 percent male and 50 percent Three percent woman is what they take in their class right now, or that's what the um, it was in 2019. That's interesting. But um, usually, in my opinion, I feel like at CMO there's more males in pre-med than there are females. I know that I am a part of a pre-mentor group, and I know I'm the only female that is a pre uh, pre-med mentor this year. That's interesting. So women, don't be afraid. But also, still thankful for those men who are, you know, willing to do mm-hmm. that as well. But women, let's go. If you're not a science person, totally understand, because that's, <laughs> that's me. So what is kind of, you know, your, maybe your favorite class, maybe some highs you've had, and maybe, you know, what has been really hard throughout your time here at Southeast when it comes to schoolwork? So I know for me that I felt like I kind of rushed going into school at the beginning, 
I came in with so many credits from high school that I didn't realize that I would be starting in all the, almost all the upper level classes instead of starting out in the beginner. And that kind of took a big hit on me. I didn't realize that I would have to be starting college at such a high speed. But over time, it started to get a little bit easier. But I will say uh, one of my favorite classes that I have taken at SEMO for my major would have to be, that's a really hard question, honestly. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, toxicology. I took that last semester, actually. So it's an upper-level biology class that deals with basically like how things go through your body. It's the metabolism. It's the movement it's the absorption and how it's excreted it tells you about all the different things about how medication can affect the body how you can move it through and even more it was a really interesting class and dr kramer did a really good job teaching it so i will say that's my favorite and my least favorite class i've ever taken <laughs> would have to be organic chemistry was it hard that was probably the worst semester of my life. <laughs> I think I cried about every other day. But bearable, right? <laughs> but you can bearable. do it. Yes, you can do it. It's just, you just got to learn. It, it takes a while. I didn't realize that you could use the internet to help you with uh, watching videos on actual topics in class. I tried to teach it myself, and it was not, was not the best idea. It, it is obtainable to get an A. Trust me, I somehow ended up doing that after countless nights of staying up and studying for oh, hours. No. <laughs> but I do recommend trying finding your own little study group. That's a really big thing in STEM. I One day I turned around, my first day of college, my first class ever, I turned around to the group behind me, and there was a big group of guys. And I said, hey, I'm Kate Appleman, and we're going to be friends. And they looked at me like I was crazy, but <laughs> I'm still friends with them today, and we formed study groups, and these are the people that have gone with me through this entire journey. We've helped each other, supported each other to actually try to finish the degree, and actually a few of my friends are now going to medical school next year, so I'm super excited for them. Incredible. What do you want to say to people who are maybe possibly – you know, contemplating whether they should do my biomed or, you know, wondering what more information about this field, what is kind of an, some advice that you give to them or maybe just something that you would want to say to encourage them? Yeah, so some of my advice would be to obviously 100% shadow. You can always go and ask and see what exactly the specialties are. You don't have to exactly know what you want to do, but you can at least see if you enjoy it. You can see if you enjoy going to the OR. You can see if you enjoy going to a practice and actually just listening to a doctor talk to his patient to see if that's something that interests you. But also, you have to make sure the classes are something that interests you. If you're not interested, you can go to medicine, like I'm medical school, like I mentioned earlier. You don't have to have a specific major. You can have several different majors. Mm -hmm. You just have to take the general basic classes that are required of like the prerequisites. So, like, you can be, there's a lot of people who are psychology who go pre-med, and all they have to take are the extra classes, for example, like inorganic, organic, biochem, and they need to take a few biology classes. But other than that, they're able to do their um, psychology major and still go pre-med. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. What are other, so you said job shadowing, what else should you be doing to prepare yourself for medical school or for, you know, understanding what a, a career in this job field would look like. So some really important things to know for getting into medical school, getting into graduate programs, you need to make sure you do extracurriculars. Extracurriculars are something that will help you even get a 
better look into what you want to do. You need to volunteer. You need clinical experience. You need to be able to work in like an environment where you're able to actually be and interact with patients. That's a super important aspect mm -hmm. too. And another thing that you need to do is one section on the um, application is you can put a hobby if you're really interested. If you have something that you're super passionate about, I know, for example, like when I was filling out my application that I later decided I wasn't going to apply this year because <laughs> I was only 20 at the time, but now I'm 21, so I'm going to apply this upcoming year. But I did put gymnastics down because, for example, I did gymnastics for 15 years of my life, and I coached it ever since I quit. Mm -hmm. And so it was something that was super important to me. And they just want to see that you do have a passion and that you're able to do things for a long time. Because mm -hmm. if you're not able to... It doesn't show that you have commitment. Mm -hmm. You need to show like you are committed to these fields. Do is there like jobs at hospitals that you think that would be good for them to get, or where can you find clinical experience for those you know entering this field? Yeah, so the hospitals are a great place to start. Um, there's certain jobs, kind of like there's patient care technicians. Some of them do require you to have certifications. So there is a program. It's like a CRNA where you are going 12 weeks, it's eight to five, and you become certified to be able to be a patient care tech or uh, you can do, uh, I'm trying to think what else there is. Phlebotomist, you, isn't that phlebotomist one? I remember one. my biology teacher said he was a phlebotomist through, yeah, through college. That's another great one too. Um, you can either, there's some programs that allow you to just go straight into it and you just do training on the job. Others require a certificate. But you just have to look at the job descriptions, what they require, and apply. It's something that is important. It gives you an inside look of what actually is in the hospital. And then the other thing I do that I know I did, I actually reached out to private clinics around the area, and I asked if I could come in and help. And after a few interviews and figuring out what I could do, they let me, and I was able to learn so many different things. I got to conduct different neurology tests. I was able to help with vertigo exercises. I got to do your analysis, um, pregnancy tests. I helped do the flu tests and shots. It was just, it was super awesome. And they let me do the vitals. And it was something that I didn't expect them to let me do, but I learned how and they taught me and it was super great experience. And I get to sit in on all the patient visits. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun. I do enjoy working in the um, in the clinic and then the other thing you can do is there's actually a volunteer program with the hospital so volunteering is super vital um, you need to show that you can do more for someone other than just getting paid for it mm -hmm. so um, there's volunteer programs where you can be like a candy striper and you can go around and helping patients get their food talking to them going to their rooms and giving them whatever they need it's just another fun way of being able to interact with patients in a different sense so one big thing about Kate is that she is huge on time management and she is a part of about a thousand different clubs. What are some good ones for people in the biomed area that they can be a part of and that they can get maybe more volunteer hours or help them figure out a little bit more about what they want to do? Yeah, so I really appreciate you bringing that up. <laughs> Shameless plug! <laughs> so uh, some of my favorite clubs on campus, I... I'm not trying to be biased or anything, <laughs> but uh, there is the SEMO Red Cross Club. That is an organization that I am president of currently. They're like national. I'm actually in this Red Cross Club. We're like national ranked 
and we just got some awards, yeah, right? Yeah, we just uh, got nationally ranked, and we got awards for the most active chapter in the biggest uh, region of the American Red Cross. We got the Rookie of the Year Award, and someone in our organization got the first place individual award. That would be Kate. She got the, the first place individual award. She's just being humble. But, yeah, so it's actually super It's super great. There's so many different things. There, the Red Cross Club can give you so many volunteer hours that it can actually help you with your applications. It's going to be one of my major things that I will be putting on mine. Um, there's working with the blood drives. There's working with uh, helping families with fire safety and trying to get them to install fire alarms. We actually, before COVID, were able to go into different people's houses if they allowed us, and we helped to install fire alarms for free. So they're able to, and smoke detectors, just in case like something happened. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things we did do. Uh, we also do... Uh, diversity events so that's super great where we actually encourage people to understand that there is diversity in the workplace there is diversity when you are going to be working with other people and there should be exactly and there's disaster relief is another one we're working with i'm actually working with uh the university of arkansas one of their members of their red cross club has reached out to me and we're going to try to get a program at SEMO, hopefully maybe in the next few years where people are able to deploy for natural disasters and help out for two weeks for class credit So that's another fantastic way of volunteering as well. Um, Another club that I really do enjoy would be the Student Medical Society. The Student Medical Society is for any pre-health student. So this club is for nursing. This club is for pre-med, pre-dent, pre-PA, anything anything above. And we're trying to actually extend that out and help people understand that there are different fields. And we want to expose people to those different fields. And that's another one. Um, there's also CMO Advanced Health, which is a program based on public health and trying to, um, you know, push down the disparities in healthcare and the disparities within um, sleeping, eating, nutrition, and exercise on in Cape Girardeau. So we're trying to educate people on what exactly it is to become healthy and what they can do. And then the other one I would like to shout out. So. I am part of a national nonprofit. It's called Socratic Medicine or Socratic Med, and we're aimed at helping students who are underdeserved, people who need more help at getting what they need for medical school. We have lectures from physicians from across the world. We have shadowing we opportunities through Zoom lectures, as right now many things are virtual. Um, we have content and tutoring available for people who need help with certain subjects. And we, even on our Instagram account, we do like MCAT questions of the day or MCAT questions of the week where we help students actually use the knowledge that they have to, you know, actually implement it. Yeah, so there are plenty of opportunities if you're interested on campus to get involved and to learn it a little bit more. Kate, if people are interested or maybe need a resource, are you comfortable with them reaching out to you? Is there a way that you prefer to reach out to, to you? Yeah, I 100% would love that. I have several people reach out to me usually on a daily basis. Um, so my name is Kate Appleman, and you can reach out to me by my email, which is K-E-A-P-P-L-E-M-A-N-1-S at CMO.edu, or reach out to me on any social media. It's Kate.Appleman usually. <laughs> but yeah, I'm there. I'm always here if anybody needs any help. Perfect. And thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you, Kate, for being such a great, such a great guest. Don't forget to follow the Arrow on all of our social media accounts on Southeast Arrow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
basically every streaming platform and me at SGY on Instagram from Ashlyn Wyman and Kate Appleman. I'll see you soon. See you guys. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.